welcome to The Worst Best Sellers, where we read heteronormative bullshit advice books so you don't have to. I'm Kate, and this is a special follow-up episode about men are from Mars, women are from Venus from a queer perspective. Joining me for this deep dive into this garbage are Ren Parker, a bisexual not from your planet. Hello. And Red, formerly from Venus, currently from Mars. Hello. So we recorded... The first episode that you've already listened to, probably, about men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And when we were done, and during the process, I just sort of felt, with absolutely no offense intended towards Renata and our excellent guests, who were all wonderful and hilarious and had amazing things to say about this book, that uh, I felt a little awkward as the only, as far as I know, queer person on that episode. Because this book, from looked at through that lens, is just so skin-crawly. Mm. And it was hard to be able to talk about that with people who didn't see it from that perspective. Uh, so I raised a call on Twitter and found a couple other people who were willing to subject themselves to this book. Uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> and uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about how horrible and disgusting this is if you're not a cisgender, heterosexual man or woman. Man, really, because even for the yeah, women, it's pretty really garbage. man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. So I'm sorry again, guys. Uh, what were your first impressions? <laughs> Uh, I'll go. Uh, I I've thought about this a lot, and I talked about it a lot with my wife in between, like finishing the reading and the time we're recording this. And uh, like, I think in our Twitter chat, one of the things that I'd said was like, "This is one of the worst things I think I've ever read." Um, that made me feel bad about myself as a queer person. And like, I've been thinking a lot about why that is because I have, without a doubt, had said to my face encountered read whatever heard objectively worse shit than this right like worse dehumanizing violent awful shit i don't know like we are totally written out of existence in this book and uh that really hit me pretty hard i guess just like the i know how popular this book was and i remember like when i was a kid people I don't go to church anymore, but I did at the time. And I remember all these like cishet couples, you know, like reading this and thinking it was just the best and like growing up and reading it as an out by woman and realizing just how we're not part of this universe at all and how that seems to be preferable to all of these people was really shitty. And uh, I think I, I can trace the prevalence of this gender essentialist bullshit all the way to like the predicate foundations of laws and policies that are still hurting our community today. Um, like there's a straight line, haha, between this kind of bullshit and the bathroom bills or the, like when I, when I was in law school, I actually sat through a, a class on uh, domestic relations. And there was a guy in my class who basically used this book to make the argument that people like us shouldn't be able to adopt children because kids deserve a Martian and a Venusian basically to raise them. And yeah, like I can still see this, like this is still having effects today and uh, it sucked really. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like that was um, like, I, I mentioned in the Twitter chat that I have definitely read worse things like from, a queer perspective, but absolutely like 
just the this like having such an impact culturally it's mm-hmm. like i mean i'm a nurse and so it's like in medicine it's like there's a lot of like gender essentialist kind of research in medicine of course you know it's like and it's the same as this book where it's like really you just test the drugs on like 40 year old white guys and that's it you know you don't even mm-hmm. it's not even good for women but um yeah i mean in in like just I got curious and I was like looking it up and it's you know behind a paywall it's like hard to find like all the research but like I found like you know research papers from like a sports medicine like journal that was like this book totally fucked up sports medicine and it's like research from something else like you know it's like even in the medical field it's like oh yeah this is great like the whole culture bought into like yeah women are just like this men are just like this there's no other genders yeah (laughs) beyond that like definitely and this cultural paradigm is the only right one you know and that was that was for really really for me it was like reading the text alone I could kind of laugh at it but then looking Mm -hmm. at the broader ramifications of it I was like oh yeah this is like absolutely horrible because this was like the top selling nonfiction book of like pretty much all time I think Mm -hmm. yeah yeah It definitely, as I was reading it, and then even later while we were talking about it, um, kind of like listening to some of the reactions uh, that Renata and our guests were having about it, I kept thinking to myself, like, oh, like, my reaction to some of these things is not even close to theirs, literally because I am not taken into account. Like, it's hard for some of the stuff to even feel the disdain and disgust on the the, the type of disdain and disgust they felt for certain parts of it that came up in the conversation because, you know, it wasn't directed at me because it didn't acknowledge that I even was a person. Mm-hmm. And even especially, and we talked a little bit about this in the episode, um... In the later editions, there's an updated forward and there's like updated notations in the text and still not like a peep, not even like, Mm -hmm. oh, we didn't really take this into consideration for this book. Like we're really looking at it from just nope, like no recognition at all. And it was just like very eerie. And I think... um, I guess sort of like what you were saying, Ren, um, you know, obviously I've read worse books because I'm on this podcast and I read Dianetics <laughs> once. Yeah, I was going to say, Dianetics <laughs> seems like it would take the cake. <laughs> um, but it, it there there is like a weird cognitive difference between being put down and degraded for mm-hmm. who you are and not being acknowledged at all. Yeah, I, that was what I was talking about with my wife. Like, when I mean, when people have said homophobic shit to me, or you know, any of the times that I've encountered that, like, that at least acknowledges that I exist. Like, it's horribly dehumanizing and terrible, but there's a predicate understanding that I'm a person who exists in the world this way. And like, I, I mean, I do want to be clear. I don't want John Gray's help with my relationship uh, yeah. at all. <laughs> but you don't I want do, a version written for you, right? <laughs> But I do want him to have to reckon with the basic fact of my existence, just to acknowledge it. Like, I I don't know. It was just, it was just this weird, like, I feel like these people live in this weird, like, Camazots kind of existence where it's just sameness all the time. And I feel like to be queer is just by definition not to be that. And so, yeah, that was, man, what a wild ride. Um, ugh. 
Ugh. And I mean, even like I'm bisexual as well, and I've I'm in a long term relationship with my girlfriend, and so it's like nominally we're heterosexual. Like when we go out, like we like could kind of pass for like what he's writing this book mm-hmm. about. But it's like even for us, it's like totally not written for us. It's like right. You know, it's like even in this nominally heterosexual relationship, it's like because we're both queer, it's like this mm-hmm. still doesn't reflect what we're doing. It was like I was reading the 101 ways to like score points with her. Oh, to her and she was like, she was like, oh, my God, I would basically like murder you in your sleep if you did any of this. <laughs> yeah, that was basically my wife's reaction as well. Like we were both just like, who does this? And I will say um and I mean, this isn't necessarily related to queer shit, but like there's that one point in the book. This is this is what I talked to my therapist about. I yelled about this. I was like, listen, all I'm saying is that if you go on vacation with the person like your partner and the first thing your partner says to you is my life is a long, slow torture. Oh, my God. There is there is multiple what? points, multiple points I highlighted in the book where I just wrote beside it. Bonnie, I'm so worried about right? you. Right? Bonnie, get out. Please. Get out, like, Bonnie. Bonnie, just pull the cord. Pull the cord. You know? I, I, I'm so concerned about And I was just, yeah, I was like, the problem is not that y'all are from different planets, I think, perhaps. Yeah, there's some, there is something way beyond that. There is, there is some yeah. other thing. Oh, my God, she said, too. It was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, oh, and the, the whole part... Uh, I was just thinking about like younger queer people and hoping that they never encounter this because there's that whole chapter, a uh, chapter four in the updated version, I think, uh, that basically just reminds me that I as a woman need a man to be fulfilled and that that's what's causing my depression because I don't have one. Ooh, that's yeah. <laughs> It's, I like, mean, like, I feel sort of like we're almost kind of lucky in that way that it has gone from being a cultural institution that everyone read and everyone knew about. And there were like a TV show and video game or video games, board games and all this other shit. There, there to, was a video game too. I found it online. Was there? Oh, yes. Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah. Um, but it, it went from being that sort of cultural touchstone institution to now largely being a joke. Mm. And I, I can only hope that because of that like that will keep younger folks away because Mm -hmm. it is I think sort of largely seen as a joke at this point which I I wish was because it's garbage but I feel like it's because that's what happens when something is in the limelight for too long we start to make fun of it Mm -hmm. yeah oh gosh let me see what else did I want to talk about I don't know. It's just, it's just such trash. It's such trash. Yeah. And it so exists to take the blame for everything wrong in any relationship off cisgender heterosexual men. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's all on the ladies and it's like awful. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think like the worst example of that for me was when, he clearly says like they have all those Tom and Mary examples like Tom does this and Mary does this which by the way basically I felt like every time there was a Tom and Mary example I felt like I was just looking into the sad loveless lives of the cishet people who want to take my rights away but that aside (laughs) that aside um like there's that that thing where like Tom and Mary are trying to go to a fucking party and Tom 
will not let Mary ask for directions and he gets oh in a hoff and like apparently what Mary was supposed to have done was just sit there and let him drive around the block for five hours if that's what he needed to do and that was a gift literally he says that's a gift for Tom and I was like really Mary's time isn't valuable at all like in no way what <laughs> um it just wow what a what a book what Mary. a book Find a man who doesn't just drive in circles for hours because he's afraid to admit that he's wrong. That is some pathological shit. So maybe dump Tom and find literally anyone else. I mean, like he would get so close to saying something right. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. he would like with that bullshit, he would like verge on being like, okay, you shouldn't. You know, basically, you shouldn't treat your significant other as a project, right? Like, you Mm -hmm. get kind of into, like, where he was almost hitting on to where that's what he's trying to say. But then it would just totally devolve into, like, never tell anyone how to, like, drive somewhere. Or, like, never tell anyone when you would, like, help with the laundry. It's, like, it was just totally bullshit. It was, like, yeah, like, obviously, you shouldn't treat, like, get together with someone just because they have a lot of, like... It essentially seemed like it was like, don't get together with someone just because he has a lot of money and then try and, like, make him into a suitable boyfriend otherwise. But then yeah. up, he would just be, like, turn reverse 180 and be like, no, really just let him go back to his cave and mull over his feelings and never <laughs> correct him for anything. Yeah, and don't go into the cave because his dragon will come out and burn you. It's oh, literally yeah. a thing that that book says. Um, uh, to- did your guys' edition have the totally, totally this actually happened to him example where he was saying, oh, it was a Native American woman yes. who told me this story. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> like, yes. That sounds like... like a real story for mm-hmm. sure. Oh yeah, uh, that seems seems right. Um, especially because in the world of this book, like science is founded on 25,000 people who chose to attend his seminar on how to make their marriage better. And so that's how we're extrapolating like all of this data. Like he literally in the beginning of the book, like 25,000 people, what a great survey sample size, sir. Like (laughs) really? I'm sure that they were like all professing to be straight too, which is great. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it like to kind of like bounce off of both of those things. It, it almost because of this like drive to release cishet men from the blame in their relationships it doesn't actually offer any good advice because everything is so based on this balance of like men are all like this and women are like you can't look at it as a relationship advice book because it's impossible to use if you're queer like it is impossible we should not be able to fight with any well i mean first of all we shouldn't even be able to fight with our friends (laughs) <laughs> I know, yeah. He should. It's like ever. Obviously, everyone of the same gender gets along completely because they know where they're coming from or whatever. It's yeah. Like, so anytime my wife and I have conflict in our relationship, like clearly something has gone terribly awry, because that shouldn't even be possible. Well, maybe yeah, you're it, at the top of her wa- your wave, and she's oh at the God. bottom of her wave. <laughs> yes, I so. forgot the two genders: waves and rubber bands. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And if two if two men are in conflict, one is like at the at the floppy stage and one is at the extended stage. Like everything also seemed like a big impotence joke in the book yes. as well. Oh, but God. And that rubber band thing, like I basically was just like, this is one long dick joke, lol. Yes. <laughs> um 
you know, like, and it's funny that you say that too, because one of the, I, I wrote some angry notes while I was uh, reading this. Um, and one of the notes that I wrote, like, and I, 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 every, I think every queer community in every city is probably different, but at least like for the time that I spent in hours, um, I just feel like I encounter a lot of this exact same bullshit in replicating itself in queer communities. And I don't know if that's because like we grew up watching straight parents read this book and think it was great and emulate this gender essentialist shit. But like, I've seen this iterate in queer spaces too, where like the top is from Mars and the bottom is from Venus. Like that's the language that they use basically. Um, and I've watched that happen. And I was like, wow, uh, great. Another way we like, this is, this is great. This is, this is excellent. Um, that's what I wanted is for the queer community to import this where I live. And maybe that's, I don't know, like that was part of my thought while I was reading this. I don't know if that jives with anybody else's experience, but I've definitely seen it like here. And it definitely happens. I mean, it's like in queer communities too. It's like, there's still gender essentialist bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, there's a long history of like the G and the L basically throwing the B and the T under the bus. It's like, that's unfortunately, you know, for better or worse, we still come from this society, you know, it's like we still are raised in this, this uh, background where our parents and our aunts and uncles and everything were reading this book. And this book was like the cultural paradigm. And it's like, Mm -hmm. and and even before this book too, I mean, you can't give him this much credit, but like, no, I won't give him that much credit. (laughs) We don't want to, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, that basically this is how women should always be. And this is how men should always be. And there's like no other alternative to that. Yeah. It's just, the whole I'm just exhausted. I'm just exhausted. Yeah. It is exhausting. And it, I, yeah. And like, I don't know if Red, if you felt this way too, like as a fellow bisexual, but like I just felt especially out to see here as a bi person. Yeah. <laughs> like, <it's> like... <laughs> who sometimes feels like I don't find a home in the queer community anyways that's that's uh accepting let alone tolerant and like this was just ridiculous <laughs> it's like what okay yeah i'm so am i which part of this paradigm am i supposed to buy to even you know right <laughs> like how do i buy to this like i can't yeah. oh god yeah. i i mean it's I, gender's a social construct as it is and then to like add all of this it's just it's fucking exhausting I am exhausted. I know I just said that, but like it's 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 true. It's oh, it's weird. It's just you know, it just is exhausting. It's like and yeah. there's just you know, and it just seems like exhausting too. Like like you said earlier, Ren, about like is this a like a secret window into the depressing lives of like cishet people? It's yeah. like you're reading this and you're like, this is like such an exhausting way to live, you know. It just seems like, especially like, it, even though it's like giving all the points to like the men, basically, it's like, it seems like that's such a boring way to be a man. Like, it's such a terrible way to be a man. It's, yeah, you know, like a personal take for me, it's like, you know, and it's like mileage may vary for like other trans men, but it's like, I didn't even like really start to consider transitioning until I was like 25. And it's like, 
you know, it's part of that buzz because toxic masculinity is like so gross. And it was mm-hmm. like, I literally was like, why would I want to become a man? Because they are like dreadful. It's like, and they are horrible. They are awful. But I mean, that's what I identify as. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I am a man, but it's like, I'm not gonna, it's like the culture attitude of what dude should be. Like in the first chapter, he like goes through like most of that stuff that I was like, no, this is not me. He's like, dudes are interested in things and objects rather than people or feelings. And they're interested in the weather and sports and couldn't (laughs) care less about romance books. It's like, I could identify less with that. Like I grew up playing like Final Fantasy and reading like Lorraine McDaniel. And it's like, I was like such a sensitive kid. And it's like, that's the kind of man I am too. And it's like, it just seems like bullshit that boys have to grow up being like, I need to be interested in sports and like not just read like books about kids dying of cancer like I did, you know? It's like, yeah. (laughs) My favorite dumb bit was where it's like, men don't understand when women go to restaurants because men only go to restaurants to eat food and women go (laughs) to restaurants to socialize and they don't care about eating food and so that's why men and women are always so confused when they go out to eat together (laughs) (laughs) it's so amazing yeah I've totally forgotten about that um yeah oh yeah one, and one of my favorite parts about the guys was uh the part where he says men men all need careers where they have uniforms or yes. at least hats That's <laughs> the text. it says uniforms or at least a hat i'm like oh my god all men are five <laughs> all men need a hat it's like just brilliant yeah and i, I mean this isn't necessarily a queer thing but like when he's describing that like men saw these women on a different planet through their telescope and came over I was like literally there's a whole planet full of fucking women and even on their own planet men are still trying to manspread all over it like for- <laughs> they're, they're just like, straight creeping they're just like <laughs> literally on a different planet and they're still peeping at them like why no I mean that and that's too like um talking about like toxic masculinity and these things that boys aren't allowed to like like that did yeah like that just it made me sad um and then i mean in in some ways i guess that was some that it may be the only affirming part of this book was that i felt like i felt a little bit like i did like my wife and i got married last year and one of the not weirdly freeing things about planning a, a big gay wedding was that i felt like i didn't have to deal with any of the heteronormative bullshit because I could just be like, yeah, we're two ladies, fuck that. Um, so any expectations that I might have felt were I straight, I don't think that I, I felt at all. Um, so it was weirdly affirming in a way to be like, yeah, fuck all this. Like, I do my own thing. Like, I'm bi. This doesn't apply to me. And your wedding was awesome. So it all worked out in the end. But that was Bye. maybe the only good thing I can say about it. <laughs> It's just, I mean, and it's it's exhausting, too, because it's like, you know, as queer people, it's like we get this advantage where we get to, it's almost like we feel like we get more of an advantage of getting to choose, like, what type of, you know, women we are, what type of men we are, what type of non-binary people we are, whatever, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. but it's like, here's the secret. It's like, fucking everyone has that choice. Right. Like, Like, cisgender people, too, can, like, be like, look, 
you know, I also want to paint my nails and it's like, or I also want to like have a job with a hat as a lady. It's like, <laughs> it's just ridiculous that it's it, like, as a culture, it's like everyone wants to buy into this, like Dr. Gray paradigm of like, Oh, the, you have to go to your cave and you have to go to the store with your lady friends. And it's like, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Like that's another time. thing too. Like, like it's like reading it. You're like thinking, do cisgender people like not have friends? Like right? over yeah. and over in the book, he's like, he's like, you shouldn't depend on one person for all of your emotional needs. And I'm like, yeah, that's fucking called being a human. Right? You have to like connect with other people as well. You can't just hang your, hang your man hat on one person. I mean, I do have to say, I, I wouldn't be surprised if John Gray doesn't have friends, but. Oh that yeah, is- I would say that. <laughs> I, it reminded me of like all of those threads that'll pop up every once in a while on emotional labor and how mm-hmm. widowers like don't have friends because their wives were the ones who did all of the social connections. And once their wives pass away, they don't know how to do that. And they don't understand that they need to put work into sustaining those relationships because it was always done for them. And they just like lose those relationships um which is funny because i was talking to my dad about that the last time that i was home my parents because of the nature of my parents jobs emotional labor in our house was very different than it it tends to come up in the the more traditional like women do this and men don't do anything kind of way uh, because they both did shift jobs so usually only one of them was home at a time but yeah, that's what I kept like thinking about that, about how like women are always off with their friends. Men are alone in their caves. That's how <laughs> life is. Yeah. OK. Only only asking for help when they're when they really respect the other guy. Like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I do kind of want to take people like just by the hand who've read this book and just be like it like like you said read like you too cisgender person you have a choice <laughs> it's okay it's maybe you may be cishet but that's fine you can be whoever you want to be yeah there's a whole big world out there you don't have to do this you know yeah it doesn't have God. to be this way yeah and i mean i guess that's why i talked about like calling it like comparing it to camazots like just that like anybody can this can happen to anybody and like the 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 insidious lure of sameness of this world for for people who read it i don't know like i hope they don't get sucked in like i hope they i hope they see that there's a beautiful complicated complex world out there and they can be whoever they want to be and they don't have to be terrible humans (laughs) terrible garbage humans like john gray oh my god yeah i mean so so many places he was like literally like in the text being like you know, a sensitive man has like gotten rid of his masculinity. It's like he loses all of his desire and power by being like a friendly, like a person who is like at all emotionally invested in others. And Ooh. it's like, please don't buy into that bullshit. I'm like reading this and like, ha- like it's just all super like nice dudes are dudes are like impotent basically. It's like yeah. it just feels like all that like reddit bullshit like like alphas and cucks and stuff and i'm like god i don't need to read this from like 1992 it's like bad enough now (laughs) right like reading this against the current political backdrop was a doozy to say the least um so much of this stuff too is just like it's not 
gendered. And I don't know why he genders certain things certain ways. Like, in the, I think it was towards the beginning, it's been a while since I've read this book now, because um, I could not bring myself to read it again to record this uh, supplemental <laughs> podcast. I don't um, blame you. Yeah, you're, you're good. Um, he talks about how, like, you know, women, when they talk about their problems, they don't want men to try and fix them, they just want to vent. That's not, like, just... It's A, it's not always true, and B, it's not just limited to only women do that and only only to men and that men never do it or that women never do it to any other women or that women don't jump to to try to fix things for other women. Yes. Like, it, yeah. it's it's a thing that I... It's that's something that I'm working on, um, particularly with a couple of my friendships where this sort of happens a lot, where now, like, I try to be thoughtful and say, like do you want to vent or do you want suggestions? Mm -hmm. Like, which yeah. is it? And I'm happy for either one. Just let me know what you need. Because it's not just something that happens between women and men who are romantically involved. Yeah, he would, <laughs> I mean, he would just like gender the hell out of that stuff. And like, I was reading some of that and I was, I was like, you know, how much of, because a lot of what this is, is just like how to communicate with another human being that he would then go and gender. And it's yeah. like, I, I was like, there's there's a way in which I learned to communicate with people like through nursing school that was like very like a, a way of communicating with my patients that where it's like that is like totally hammered in and I'm like when I'm reading it I'm like this seems obvious to me but then I would step back and be like okay that's part of like what we learn in nursing school it's like when people some of what when people are talking it's like it's not like you're gonna solve their problem it's like not necessarily like you can um, you know solve someone's cancer by listening to saying something you know it's yeah. like that's part of what you have to learn to like empathetically communicate with someone but it's like he's saying it like first of all only women do this all the time and that only men have to learn this lesson and then like furthermore it's like he hammers it in so much that he's like basically saying women never say what they mean so please don't listen to them <laughs> it's like yeah I, what like there was a point in the book where he literally gendered apologies. Like oh, yes. I wrote this, I wrote this whole like caps lock note to myself because I was so angry about it um, because he goes into this, he talks about it for a long time and I don't remember what chapter it is, but he says like, I'm sorry means something different on Venus than it does on Mars. And I can't remember the particulars, but cause like, I just like white outrage. Um, but I was just like uh, tone and context matter. My dude, like, uh, yeah. If somebody if somebody has a, a relative that's died or whatever, I'm pretty sure like I know men who say, oh, my God, I'm sorry. Or like, I'm sorry for your loss or something like that. That's something that they understand yes. perfectly well. And it doesn't mean something different because they're men. It, they're human people <laughs> who have learned to communicate with other human people. And sometimes bad things happen and you say you're sorry and it's not like a personal failing and you're not acknowledging like people get that. And it was just, whew, that was, a, that was, that was rough. That was a rough one for me. Yeah. So ridiculous. And then part of what he would also do is like, basically he was like doing like a, a very like men are, men are introverts, women are extroverts thing. And it was like, his dichotomy was like, basically like, oh, this is how different extro, uh, extroverts and introverts are, which is also like kind of BS, but like people yeah. get related to. But yeah. um, 
But it was like, that was literally all it was. It was like, men need to go to their alone place to recharge, and women need to be with others. It's like, just over and over again. Oh. oh no, I, I have a cave with a dragon in it. It's yes, a, for the real. Color, it's the colors of the bi flag, and it does eat <laughs> straight people who come into it. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so does anyone have any final thoughts, I guess? Oh, man. Mm, well, if you're queer and you read this, don't worry about it. You're good. Just like you are. You're beautiful and perfect. And if you're and then just don't worry about it. You're good. And if you're cishet and you read this, there's a big old world out there and you don't have to be this. And if you're Bonnie, <laughs> girl. <laughs> Just, just call me. Get in the car and drive away. (laughs) Oh my god, my life is endless suffering. That's uh, that's the that's Bonnie's last words. (laughs) Yeah, this book was a long, slow torture. That's those are my those are my final thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Interestingly, I had to look up something about Dr. John Gray, like trying to figure out like where he's coming from and. Apparently he was like a monk for nine years before he started like decide he didn't want to be a monk anymore and sleep with a bunch of women. And I'm like, <laughs> this explains a lot, you know? Yeah, it's like you just forgot how to communicate with people in a way. Huh. Uh yeah, yeah. My final words would be just I cishet people, I'm sorry. I looked into your world of uh <laughs> My favorite part, by the way, was uh, there's an example with the like a Tom and Mary example where the woman brings a mango into the room and she says, I do love you. That's why I brought the mango. So those are my finishing words. I I love you all. And that's why I brought the mango. Oh, God. Oh, it's just so bad. There's 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 worse bad things you could read out there. So just read Dianetics instead of this. Just read Dianetics. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. So if you're looking for more from the podcast, I'm sure you know you can find us at Worst Bestseller on Twitter with no S or at WorstBestsellers.com with an S. You can find me personally on Twitter at 14 across. If you guys want to let the folks know if you have anything you want to let anyone know about or whatever, feel free to do so at this point. I am on Twitter. Uh, It is locked but uh if you at me i might i might at you back i suppose i'm at redorama r-e-d-o-r-a-m-a and i am also on twitter you can follow me at ren parker that's ren like the bird w-r-e-n parker p-a-r-k-e-r all right thank you so much for a reading this book for me and b agreeing to come on here and talk about it guys i super appreciate it i feel very heard uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, Which is I try nice. not to go back to my cave or or like spend too long talking about how uh you know fuck capitalism that was part of my notes it's just like this is very capitalistic <laughs> it was though it yeah, was we could do a whole episode just on that about filling filling uh love tanks in this our uh oil-based economy yes <laughs> i had to read love tanks too many times with my own eyes reading oh, this book God. I'm so glad you brought up the mango, though, because I forgot to write that down, but that shit was hilarious. Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway. 
All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.